Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, guys, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. And that's right, we are full-time fantasy. And I'm here with Adam Ronas, who is full-time doing fantasy for how many years now, Ronas? Uh, that I've been doing it full-time yeah, or just in the business? Go with full-time first because that's who we are, full-time fantasy. Uh, probably about eight, nine years. And then how long have you been doing fantasy otherwise? I uh, started writing. First time I did any fantasy content was for Newsday. I would think that's in 2006, 2007. Did I ever tell you about my first thing with it? I had a website, rotorx.com, like for Dr. Roto, in 1999, and I was interviewed on UPN on a, on a newscast there, and then I decided not to do it anymore. I don't know why. I just like, It just never worked out. And I don't know. Other people. I probably should have stuck with it. I could have been a Hall of Famer like the king. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, and then years later, I came back. Maybe nine years later, Cardano got me back involved with it, so that's how I started doing blog sites again, but I put it away for nine years. Could you imagine? Yeah, I mean, who would have thought that it would have blown up to the level that it has? I, my idea was at the time was that you would ask me questions and I would charge you for it. So I had that original idea back in 1999 that people are doing now. Just couldn't yeah, make I enough mean, money with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's something that you, you kind of have to monetize. And I think a lot of people are fine getting free advice too. But again, there's a lot of people out there and you got to be careful where you get your information from because a lot of the information where you're getting for free is not that good and there's a reason why it's free no but back in the day they didn't have that there were only a few people even doing information so i just thought this well, was a back genius then, idea well back then fantasy wasn't to the level that it is now and social media wasn't as prevalent as it is now oh yeah for sure i mean for sure when did you get on twitter do you know uh they, it tells you when you started yeah, there i'd say probably I started in 2009, June 2009. Uh, me, January 2009. Oh, really? So I'm telling you, I didn't even think, of, I didn't even know what social media was back in 1999. I, I don't even know how I would have gotten the word out there for people. I thought when I was going to be on the, on the UPN newscast that people would see this and then they would sign up. It never happened. Yeah, uh, it's very difficult. Nowadays, <laughs> it's much easier uh, to get the word out pretty quickly. It is. It's pretty crazy. All right. Speaking of the word, the word is out that Nick Senzel is up. And I think he's going to be a, a very highly owned guy in Fab this weekend. I like him, Adam. I don't know if I love him. I think I'd love him if I knew for sure he was going to bat in the top third of that order uh, for the rest of the season. I can't confirm that. I mean, maybe he will tonight. I think tonight he's batting he's second. He's second, yeah. Right? But I don't know if I can count on that. What's your thoughts on Senzel? I think he's owned in the most competitive leagues. I can't imagine he's out there in 15-team leagues, uh, even some 12. So 
I know there might be some people listening where he is available, and yeah, I mean, you have to get him. I mean, this guy has got some pop. He's got some speed. I do think he's going to hit at the top of the lineup consistently unless he struggles because this is an offense right now that is just not getting it done at all. Uh, just too many guys are not hitting. Joey Votto, his strikeout rate is way up. His walk rate is down. You have to begin to wonder if this is the beginning of the end for Votto, and I think you saw it reflected in fantasy drafts this year where Votto really fell. And some people were like, oh, I can't believe he's there in the sixth, seventh round. It's Joey Votto. But guy had 12 home runs last year. He had two, 36 two years ago, and he's getting older. And I know he's a great hitter, and you listen to him talk, and he knows hitting. But uh, you have to start to get concerned. Now, he has been a slow starter perennially, but... When no, you but see the power's guy. not there anymore. The power's not there like it used to be. Like you said, he's just, I think he's, would you call him an above average hitter now? But if he, do you think he gets 20 home runs? I would say no at this point, which is crazy in this environment. Now, the one thing that does stand out, he's hitting a lot more fly balls. He's like at 48%, which is something you never see from him. The problem with that is, while it's good for power, it leads to more outs. You know, if you look at a guy with a high fly ball percentage and you go, oh, well, his batting average of balls are playing low, there's a reason why. When you're hitting the ball in the air more, it's leading to more outs. Certainly, it's great for power, but we haven't seen it yet. Now, the weather has been bad in Cincinnati, and Votto has always been a slow starter, so I don't want to write him off, but I don't think he's a 30-homer guy anymore, obviously. Uh, Puig, I think, is going to get going. I really do. Uh, we've seen him start slow. He's probably putting pressure on himself because... You know, he's going to Cincinnati in a new team. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Uh, but but Adam, I listen, think so. to, listen to this lineup. Here's this, this lineup is confirmed, by the way. Votto first, Senzel, Winker, Puig. That's the first four. I'm okay with that. Then it's Derek Dietrich, Jose Iglesias, Kyle Farmer, Sonny Gray, and Tucker Barnhart. I mean, I thought the Reds were going to be way more potent than that. This is a pretty horrible lineup. I mean, Tyler Beatty, I, I don't know if I'm going to – I got way more interested in him all of a sudden tonight because I think this lineup is a very weak one. It is after, you know, the top, uh, you know, Peraz is out of the lineup again, and I think they Suarez this. is out? Yeah, so Suarez is sitting, so that's a big bat that they're missing, and Scooter Jeanette is out. I mean, I think that was a big loss because it lengthened the lineup. Jeanette has been tremendous the last two years, uh, and he, he was undervalued, I think, in fantasy drafts, and unfortunately he got hurt. But, you know, you don't want to say, oh, it's just Scooter Jeanette, but when you have other guys struggling— you know, he is a guy that could have helped pick it up. So that's what I liked about the Reds is I liked their lineup. And their pitching's been really good. Uh, as of two days ago, they had an ERA like 3-2-3. And in today's environment, that's tremendous. So they're getting the pitching. They're just the offense has been a major disappointment so far. But I do think Senzel is going to play every day. You know, they he's got limited experience in center field. But if you've watched Scott Shebler and Winker in center field, those guys are nothing special at all. I mean, they're just a disaster out there. So you'll take the hit with Senzel. Are you, are you good with Senzel and Winker in the outfield? I mean, that's too, Puig is a great outfielder. He's lazy, but he's great. But Senzel and Winker, I mean, those, that's both, both are, are minus defenders. You're going to have no choice, you know? I you, know. They need their, their bats in the lineup. You know, Winker's hit after a slow start, and Senzel's got pop. He's got some speed, you know, last year and just – 44 games at AAA, he had six homers and eight stolen bases. So he's going to get the opportunity to play every day. You just have to worry, does the defense uh, get into his mind and does he take it to the plate uh, if it well, weighs on him heavily, which we have seen with players in the past. 
It's funny you mentioned Scooter because I don't think the Reds thought Scooter was, was going to be as good as he was because the plan was for Senzel to come up and, and play, right? So, But when Scooter asserted himself in that lineup and then Suarez asserted himself in that lineup, they gave, the Reds gave, those guys both, gave them both contracts. So there really wasn't a spot for Senzel, so they had to create a spot for him. And I never like when guys, when prospects get moved around at him. It never makes me feel comfortable because you're right. What if all of a sudden he goes to center field? What if an inning two he makes a big old error and now he's thinking that for the rest of the game? Yeah, it is. That's something to watch. But as far as the bat, it, it should play. It's a great ballpark. And, you know, maybe he provides a little bit of a spark for this team. You know, they did split the four game series with the Mets. They have been playing better. Uh, and again, the pitching has been good. And uh, I think that at some point this lineup's going to get going. I just, you know, I just think there's, especially at the top, too many good hitters uh, today. Obviously, the lineup is a little bit weaker uh, with no Suarez in the lineup, no Peraza. But I think, yeah, if uh, Senzel's out there, you've got to add him. But again, I, I don't think he's available in many leagues. You know, I'm in one 12 team league, well, two 12 team leagues, mostly 15. And I checked the 12, and he wasn't available. I have to actually check my. Uh, NFBC uh, online league. I, I'm guessing he's owned, but I'm going to check that one. So let me let's uh, let's uh, move a little bit here and let's talk about Corey Kluber. Can we cut him? Are you comfortable cutting him, or do you want to wait a little bit and see what the uh, results are? Because it doesn't look like it's good. Yeah, I would not cut him yet. You need to wait and see. And obviously, we're going to get further news on him today. Most people have their waiver wire run Sunday night, so I would wait and see. Uh, I think you can't make the cut just yet. Uh, let's see, you know, maybe it's two months. And even then, you know, you're in a tough position. Uh, you know, I've been holding on to Severino in a league, and I keep saying, you know, I might have to cut him this week, and I've been holding him. But it gets to the point, you know, especially if you don't have any IL spots where you only have one or two, you're going to have to make a tough decision. It also depends where you are in the standings, too. You know, when you're towards the bottom at this point, it's like you can't wait much longer. Right, it's hard to hold them, right? Yeah, because you don't want to fall way behind. It's easier when you're towards the top of the standings because you're like, okay, I can hold on and, you know, it's not going to crush me. But if you're really behind in the pitching categories and your ERA is 5 and your whip's 1.4 and you're low in strikeouts and wins, you can't worry about June or July at this point. you got to make sure that you stay afloat here in May. No, for sure. I, I would agree with that. I think that Kluber, look— you're going to end up cutting him, I believe. I, I think that's the answer. Would I do it t today? No. I would certainly wait till Sunday, but I think that would be the expectation. Shohei Otani looks like he's going to return to the Angels on or about May 17th. Not going to be pitching this year. Are you excited to see his bat back in the lineup? Do you expect that he can get 20 home runs maybe in like, I don't know, 60% of the season? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see him. I don't have him in fantasy anywhere, but you know he's a fun player to watch, and you know his bat was tremendous last year. Uh, I'm interested to see how they deploy him. You know, what does this do? You know, how does his rehab working as far as coming back from pitching? Uh, how many times will he play a week? Will it be four? Will it be five? Uh, but he was awesome last year, man. I mean, who would have thought that he, he would hit like he did? You know, he had. 22 homers, 61 RBIs, and 10 stolen bases, and 367 plate appearances. He had a 361 OBP. I mean, this guy was extremely valuable. So uh, even if he only gets you five, six stolen bases, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him. Certainly, you hope that they can get up them back soon with Trout, uh, and then all of a sudden the lineup becomes a little bit better. All right, I'm going to give you some players now, and obviously they're not of the same caliber, okay? Vlad Guerrero, Carter Keboom, Cole Tucker, a lot of these guys came up, 
not maybe not performing as well as we would have thought, but people spent a whole lot of money on them in, in fab. And I can't blame you for spending, you know, $900 on Vlad Guerrero. But do you think from this example, from these examples, that maybe it's just not the right move to spend that kind of money and maybe it's better to piecemeal it out because you spend all that money? I mean, Vlad Guerrero's uh, only hitting 167 right now. I know that's not going to stick, but maybe he just struggles as a rookie. Maybe it takes time to get it right. Uh, not in Vlad's case. In Vlad's case, if he was available, yeah, I think you have to open the bank and spend a ton of money on him because this guy is just produced at every single level. And I think we do sometimes have way too high expectations of rookies coming up because we just seen Soto and Acuna and all these guys come up and crush. And we think everyone's going to do that. And that's not the case. Even Mike Trout, when he came up initially, did not get off to a good start. But as far as Vlad, like there's no indication to say he's going to struggle for an extended period of time because we've just seen at every level he's been at where he's 20 years old, he's just crushed. And you could see the hit tool... And I don't think pressure bothers him. I mean, he grew up around Vladimir Guerrero, his father, Hall of Famer. So I just think this is a slow start. It's only five games. So I'm not worried about him. The other guys, yeah, I just think people spent way too much money. I didn't want get Spencer Keyboom anywhere. I really needed him in tout because my offense is a problem. And I bid like 143, and he went for 235. So I was willing to spend, you know, 14% of the budget, 15%, taking a risk, understanding that he might not stick around. Uh, but people spent, you know, three, four hundred bucks on them and easily it could still work out. You know, we could sit here in, in a month and say, wow, that was great. Oh, he's crushing it. Uh, Dozier's struggling. Turner's back and they're keeping Keeboom in the lineup. But you have to understand there's the risk that he doesn't do much and gets sent down to the minor leagues. Tucker's another guy, too. I was like, uh, people spend so much money on him and I understand the speed aspect of it. But, you know, you know, you've I got- found how, I, how I make some money, though, Adam. People drop Tucker, and then I pick him back up for like a, a third of the price or even less. Yeah, and then if it, if he doesn't work out, it's not a big deal because you didn't invest much in him, and you could just move along. Uh, but Right. So Tucker went from $182. You get frustrated. You drop him. I pick him up for 16 If he's good, I just spend $16 on a player that I, I would have liked. But I don't know. I'm just looking at a possible way to make to make the best of it there. Yeah, I think it, re- it really depends on what you need, too, uh, and where you are in the standings a lot of times. Like, again, in tout, like, my offense has just been a major problem because I've had a lot of injuries. So I said, you know what, I'm going to take a shot there. Whereas in other leagues, the bids for him, you know, were lower for me, uh, just either because I didn't need them or I knew that someone was going to go crazy. But as I've said before, you always have to put in the bids. Don't think, like, oh, I'm not going to get them. I mean, Hansel Robles went for $21 in tout. You know what I mean? That's nothing. So always put in the bids. You know, I got Blake Parker for sixty-eight bucks. Uh, he should probably should have went for more. I mean, this, this guy's well, look, a closer. I, I, I could always guarantee you're not going to get the guy if you don't bid, right? If you don't bid, you're never getting him. I think sometimes people don't want to put in twenty bids, and I do. I don't care. I mean, I put in a ton of bids, especially when you're in the NFBC. You see how many players get one each week, so you got to just take the time and put in as many bids as possible. And even if it's a bunch of one-dollar bids towards the bottom. Uh, to make sure you get someone. All right, we will continue talking some fantasy baseball. We'll get to the night slate in a little bit, maybe throw in a little dynasty football. We'll do it all. We'll full-time fantasy, and we're back right after this. (laughs) 
Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Rain it! Make it rain. You better shorten up those rotations, my friends, in Toronto. You better keep Kawhi Leonard's ass out there playing 40-some-odd minutes a game. You can ill afford to have the Sixers go off on an 11-2, 13-4 run with him on the bench. You can't do it. You've got to play him, man. You've got to keep him on the court as much as possible. If you are going to come out of this series, then he's the one who's going to have to lead the charge. You can't trust anybody else to do it. Toronto's in trouble, guys. Big trouble. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back for full-time fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto, along with Adam Ronis. And look, if you want to own a Dynasty Orphan franchise, why don't you go to playffwc.com slash dynasty for sale, dynasty for sale dot php. And if you click there, you're going to go and you're going to see the orphans. There's rosters there. We tell you who the roster is how much it's going to cost, what draft spot you have. So, for example, a better team will co- may cost you more money. But there's a team right here, Ronan, so you can get Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Todd Gurley, um, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey. That might be an interesting team. You think you can win with that? Yeah, I think I can. I think that is one you could take over, and you already got a great core. Yeah, or maybe you get one that's not so good. Maybe you get one with Tom Brady who's like a 1,000 years old and you have to try to move him to a guy who's going to try to compete for this year. You are the general manager. If you've never played Dynasty Fantasy Football, I highly encourage it. What do you think, Adam? you think their dynasties are similar in all sports, football, baseball to you? Is there any difference to you in dynasties? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think certain sports, it's, easier to, it's probably easier to turn it around in football because – if you get that significant rookie that has a big impact or are able to make a trade for one or two players that maybe uh, surpass their value, I think you could turn it around quickly. I think baseball is probably a little bit more difficult, larger rosters, getting pitchers. So, yeah, I think just like real life, I think football, it's kind of a little bit easier to make that quick turnaround. I'm in two serious XM dynasty leagues, and one I came into a, as a expansion owner. I was the second worst team in the league. 
And that first year, that, that second, I think it was the second year I was in the league, I had two first-round picks. I ended up trading to get a sec- another first-round pick. I took Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon. All of a sudden, my team got very good all and, and quickly. So just like you said, I was able to, to make something with it. So remember, dynasty football, if your team doesn't look good, one good draft, a couple of trades, you work for next year, you're in the money next year. So please check that out. All right, Adam, let's get back to some fantasy baseball. There's one afternoon game today. But before we get to that, I want to talk about Carlos Radon. Uh, Tommy John surgery in the cards possibly for him. They mentioned Dylan Covey. Will we see Dylan Cease? Uh, not yet. I don't think so. Uh, again, I think for the White Sox, they're not competing this year. So I think service time's an issue for them. And, you know, I don't think they want to bring him up right now. So... I don't think so. And with Rodon, I mean, you shouldn't be surprised by this. I mean, guys had a ton of injuries. He was someone that I didn't draft at all, wanted no part of, even after a game or two where he did well. The walk rate was still very high. So it's unfortunate for him. But, you know, he just has not shown the ability to stay healthy, and he has not shown the ability to throw strikes consistently. All right, so let's get to today's afternoon game. The Cardinals are playing the Cubs. Jack Flaherty against Kyle Hendricks. And, I would have to think, Adam, that Jack Flaherty may be one of the bigger disappointments this year. I think people are taking him in the late third, early fourth round. And I don't know if he's given that kind of value back yet. Again, a lot of the ace pitchers have struggled early on. You could say that about Syndergaard, DeGrom, Sale, Scherzer. We can go on and on. Uh, but I think Flaherty's going to be fine. I mean, really, the only problem with him so far has been home runs. He's allowed seven in 31 innings. He's got a 36-6 to six walk strikeout-to-walk ratio in 31 innings. So... Uh, all the numbers are pretty good there. It's just a matter of cutting down on the home runs for him. And we've seen the ball fly out of the parks, but uh, he's also allowed a lot of hard contact. But I think he's fine. If if I had him, uh, I would not be panicking right now. Uh, I did think he was going a little bit high in drafts uh, because last year he was good, but there were some numbers that said he didn't deserve to be in the third and fourth round. I think people saw him in the spring and he was dominant. Uh, so I like him. Uh, and if I had him, I wouldn't worry about it. I just don't have him on any teams this year just because the price was so high. Do you think if you were in a trading league that you would start trading your pitchers like in June because they may get fewer innings in the second half? Would you no. do something like that? No, I, I think the game has changed. You can't do that because you're going to be looking – you're going to say that for like every pitcher for the most part. So I don't think you can approach it like that. I think really what, what the game has become is we're kind of week to week here. More than ever, it really has become like a fantasy football-esque game where you're looking to see, especially with the schedule this year, there's a lot of teams that had five game weeks this week and some with seven. So you have to look at it and say, all right, you know, I got two players who are closely ranked. This guy's got seven. This guy's five. That's if you're in a weekly league. And you have to look at it like that. You have to look, okay, who's in course Field this week? How many games are the Rockies at home? A case like this week, perfect example, Matt Adams. All right, he was a good pickup. Uh, how many lefties are on a slate this week? None. Oh, wow. They play seven days against seven righties? All right. Matt Adams is my lineup this week. And with pitchers, we can go through a bunch of names where you know the innings are a concern. Chris Paddock, Matt Strom, the Dodgers pitchers. So, you know, outside of the top 15, you know, not many guys are going to go 170, 180 innings anymore. So you just kind of have to take what they give you and then deal with it when they either get, I don't know, I don't know what the Padres are going to do in terms of shutting down these guys, because I think they're going to be competing for a wild card. So they're going to have to figure out what to do with a guy like Paddock and Strom. Probably my guess is with Paddock is what they'll do is like right around the all-star break is... A little injured list, maybe? 
they could do that at some point, or what they'll do is give him like a real extended break. So like maybe he won't pitch five days before the All Star game. Then he'll have the All Star break, and then he'll be the fifth guy back after the All Star break. But well, they used to go what six man rotations, but teams are doing six man rotations now. Well, no one is right now. That's, but but they we are very accustomed to seeing that right in the second half of years teams go to the six man rotations to elongate you know the, the opportunities for these guys to pitch. But did, did the Dodgers use the injured list more effectively than other teams in the past, rotating guys in and out to uh, keep them around? Yeah, they did that last year, and you know that's probably what you're going to see again this year. Uh, you know, Ryu obviously has already spent one stint on the injured list, but he's been so dominant. But you know when you drafted him and I drafted him in a couple leagues that I, I'm like hoping for 120, 130, but I know I'm not getting 180. So I still drafted him because of where he was going. Uh, they have the ability to move stripling in the rotation at any point. He's been good. And now he's in the bullpen. Same thing with uh, Urias. So uh, it's tough because it's easy to say cash in on Chris Paddock right now. And it makes sense. And look, if you can get something great for him, sure. At the same time, you know, he can give you another good 100 innings potentially this year. But if you were trade, if you were in a league that has dumping and you were trying to give it to a guy who's competing for next year, you would move Paddock now, wouldn't you? Um, I don't think you have to. I've thought about dealing him in tout only because I have pretty good pitching, although that can change in an instant. You get two guys hurt, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, my pitching's not strong anymore, but... I feel like I could use a, a third baseman. It's been my weak spot unless Miguel Sano comes back and does well. He was four for four in his rehab on Wednesday, but I, I think he'll be down there another couple of weeks. But uh, I don't think you have to. But as I said, I think I wrote about him that you just you have to always entertain offers. Maybe someone's willing to overpay because there's a lot of teams out there that are struggling with pitching right now, and then they see a guy like Paddock and the numbers he's putting up, and they might be willing to overpay. So if they're going to give you someone really good for him, then, yeah, you always entertain the offer and potentially move him. But I don't think you have to. I think a lot of people are going to say, yeah, move him. He's only going to throw 110, 120 innings, and look, this is his high point. But so you get another 100 innings out of him. What's wrong with that if he continues to pitch at this level? I have him in a bunch of leagues. And in one league where we, uh, you know, obviously teams dump, I offered another team. Gary. I wanted Gary Sanchez. Cole Calhoun and you Darvish, and I was turned down for Paddock. And I'm like, the guy's really in last place. There's no way this guy's winning. No way he's winning. I mean, I understand that you don't want to make a deal like that in May. I get that. But when your team is not winning and you've got like half your roster on the injured list, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I didn't think I was asking for too much there. So you were asking for Sanchez, Hamels, and Darvish? No, Sanchez, uh, Cole Calhoun, and Darvish. Uh... I mean, I don't know. I don't imagine know I you're have. in last place. You're in last place. You have no. Ch- you're 90 points out of first place. No way you're winning. You don't want Paddock for that. Maybe he's holding out to see if he can get a, a better deal in a month or two. Mm-hmm. Okay, There's that no could need be. to rush it. Yeah, that's no, that's true. I I respect that. If that's if that's what the person's thinking, if you think that you can get a, you could pay less. In a, few, in a little while, then so be it. But I know that I have Paddock and that I need to get as much as possible. And that's my job. If I can't extract enough to win this league from Paddock, I'm not trading him. Yeah, no, it makes sense. All right, let's take a look at tonight's slate, Adam. There's a bunch of games here. Let's start with Tampa Bay against Baltimore. Uh, Tyler Glasnow against Dan Straley. Uh, Tampa Bay is minus 245 here, nine and a half run total. 
it seems like it's it's so easy to pick on Straley and to start Glass now. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Glass now has been tremendous. Uh, he's shown major improvement as far as the uh, uh, that to me that's the biggest number. When I look at Glass now. The walks. I mean, he's not walking anyone. That was the biggest concern for him, the biggest problem in the past. We did see some issues with him in this spring, but he was working on a crazy windup where he was kind of pausing, and he got rid of it. Obviously, it wasn't working. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a great matchup. It's hard to – I don't see how you can say any negatives about him in this spot, obviously, except, you know, the price if you're going to have to pay up for him. The only thing I can say, and, and once again, this is not something you can hold your hat on, it's just Captain Obvious. This is a Captain Obvious play here, and I tend to try to fade those Captain Obvious plays. Most sometimes they work out, but when they do, but they're going to be very highly owned, and I don't want to be I don't want to be chalky here, Adam. Yeah, I think he would definitely be highly owned because it's a great spot, huge favorite. Tampa Bay has really struggled a little bit offensively lately, but it's in Baltimore. Uh, the weather's going to be warm. And, you know, Straley's a fly ball pitcher that tends to give up home runs. So it's a great spot for Glass now. All right. The Nationals are playing the Phillies. Jeremy Hellickson against Jared Eikhoff. Uh, it's a minus 180 for the Phillies. Nine is the over-under. I think I like Jared Eikhoff tonight, especially if Soto's out. You have Soto out. You have Rendon out. You got a team that strikes out a whole lot there. Maybe Eikhoff is sneaky at him. Yeah, he's good against righties. He does struggle against lefties. I do think that... You know, he could be an interesting play. There's an upgrade in the ballpark, though, for the Nats a little bit. So that definitely is a little bit of a concern. But, uh, yeah, I think if you're looking for someone who's a little bit cheaper and he's pitched well, I think he's in play. All right, Oakland's playing Pittsburgh. Brett Anderson well, I was, against... Uh, I like a lot of the bats for Philly against uh, Hellickson. Oh, my it's God, gonna be, yes. yeah. It's going to be warm tonight in Philly. Uh, it's a great ballpark to hit in, and Hellickson is not a... A guy that gets a lot of strikeouts. He doesn't get a lot of swings and misses. So, How about Harper? Uh, Harper's been a little cold. Yeah, Maybe Harper, been, Hoskins. Yeah, he'll be – I don't think uh, – I can't think – I don't know what, if Harper will be highly owned. But if people are looking at what he's done lately, they'll probably stay away. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I think this is a spot tonight where possibly he can finally go off. Yeah, I like a Harper, Hoskins, Real Mudo, Franco. I can, I can be very interested. The lineup's not out on that yet, but I'm going to be very interested to see that. Yeah, right, Nick Oak- Williams could be a cheap play, too, if he's in the lineup. Well, he's got big-time power, too, for sure. All right, Oakland and Pittsburgh. Uh, Brett Anderson against Joe Musgrove. I, I know you and I both like Musgrove. This is a minus-125. This is eight over and under. But Oakland's just one of those teams I don't like to, to, to pitch against because, you know, they're, they're kind of plucky to me. They don't strike out a ton, but they hit home runs. They're very, you know, they're a little inconsistent, but when they're good, they're very good, so I tend to stay away. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm okay with Musgrove in this spot. They're going to the National League Park. It looks like Chris Davis is going to have to play some outfield. Uh, so look at the pitcher in the lineup. And uh, they haven't been great lately either offensively. I know they're, they're dangerous. But, uh, you know, I do think uh, you can consider Musgrove. Uh, and I think the A's have one of the lowest uh, implied totals on the slate. So uh, I think Musgrove's uh, in consideration. All right, the Twins are against the Yankees. Kyle Gibson against James Paxton. Uh, Paxton's been very good this year. Yankees minus 160, over under 7.5. Very low-scoring game, I guess, because of Paxton. Is it crazy, Adam? Is it crazy to go with a contrarian stack here of, like, Cruz and Cron and Scope and guys who hit lefties well? 
Uh, is it crazy? No, but man, he's been dominant. Uh, so it'll definitely be contrarian because I don't think anyone is going to pick on him tonight. But we have seen Paxton be prone to fly balls at times. Uh, so Rosario, I know, is out of the lineup. So that's a, a lefty you get out of the lineup. So you'd probably be looking at Cruz and Scope and Polanco. Uh, it's it's definitely contrarian because I don't think yeah. anyone's going to do it. Just Paxton has just been so dominant lately. We know when Paxton is healthy. And uh, I actually had Puck, uh, Paxton as my bust of the year for the American League pitcher when we did our preseason pro picks. And the reason why I did that is, number one, I'm not going to go with someone in the 10th round. Uh, you got to be bold about it. And it basically it was, I don't know if Paxton's going to throw uh, you know more than 150 innings. We've only seen him do 160. So he was going third, fourth round. So it was more betting against his health. And uh, obviously so far he's been dominant. And it's not, it wasn't a knock on his skills. <laughs> Everyone loves Paxton's skills. I don't see how you can't. Uh, the thing was, in the past, we were able to get Paxton cheap. This year, you had to get him in the third, fourth round. And uh, for me, that was not something I wanted to do. All right. So, uh, the Mariners against Cleveland. Kukuchi against Shane Bieber Fever. Uh, Cleveland minus 145, eight and a half runs. I could see myself doing a little Indian stack here. Maybe a Lindor, Ramirez, Santana stack against our good friend Kukuchi, who has been a supreme disappointment to me. Yeah, he has. He has just not pitched well. So, yeah, I think you can go uh, – because I don't think a lot of people are going to go to Cleveland bats. Every, you bring up Cleveland, and everyone's like, oh, their offense sucks. But they have right. actually been uh, pretty good lately. So I think, yeah, in tournaments, yeah, I think you can look at Lindor, Ramirez, Santana. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think those guys are all in play. When I do a little Twins Indian stack, Ronos, I'll be either your stupid friend or your rich friend tonight. Yeah, that's – but that not that the epitome of uh, tournaments, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, because <laughs> you, you'll be you'll because you'll look back and you'll see a team you'll be like, why did anyone play the Twins <laughs> against Paxton? How I would have never thought of that. No, this that happens all the sense. time. I know. It's like one in the morning, and I check the first place team, and that guy literally has a five player stack against Paxton. I'm like, really? And then you know what I say to myself, Adam? I go, this guy probably had 150 teams, and he just did that. Right? Because look, if you have one lineup and you're putting in money. Are you really going to sit there and say, yeah, I'm going to stack the Twins against Paxton, right? No, I mean, <laughs> no, it, but no. that's how it works sometimes. You do have to be contrarian, and that is definitely contrarian. Because if I had one lineup, I wouldn't do it. If you, yeah. do, if you do, you know, five, six lineups, sure, yeah, you know, put one in. Because the, this is the key. If it hits, it's going to be low-owned. I cannot imagine any of those bats being more than 5% owned in any tournament. I just can't. On a, on a full slate like tonight, I don't see it. No, I think I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think if I can get – I would think the twi- for sure the Twins are going to be less than 5% owned. I think the Indians might be as, as high as like 7 to 9%. Right. I think they'll be a little bit higher. Uh, and the thing is with the – look, every pitcher, the elite pitchers, always have three, four, five battings, bat outings each year. And right. if if it's tonight for I'm Paxton rich friend. and you I'm have your the Twins, yeah, yeah, then you're you're going to have a leg up on the field. All right. So um, let's see. Atlanta against Miami. Kevin Gascan against Jose Urena. What do you think there? This is a minus 165. This seems to be a very good game for Gossman. Yeah, man. Um, the problem is... Well, Gossman, if he's chalk, do you feel good about that? No, I, I never don't. do. <laughs> I don't. And I have him in seasonal leagues, and he's in there because he's going against Miami. So, um, yeah, he's in play. But if he's going to be highly owned, then, yeah, I would go in a different direction. 
All right, we'll keep on talking about the night slate in MLB DFS. And you know where we're going to do it? When full-time fantasy returns right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies, to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally... I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy. It screwed me up when I the whole Sean Kelly over Hansel Robles thing. I didn't tell you to do that, though. Should I, should I just drop? Should I just Go out on, like, your own volition, Greg, and, like, you make these moves, and then you try and kind of flip the script like I told you to do it. You, you didn't. I told you to pick up James McCann just now. Huh. I told you to pick up Hansel Robles. Right. You don't listen to me. It's should, should, I drop Sean, should I drop Sean Kelly for Hansel Robles? You listen to me, Greg. You'd be doing a lot better. Good, right? Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, the 2019 NFL Draft is in the books, and for you fantasy football players and NFL bettors, the season starts now. And if you're serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season, and Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. So save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Did I tell you, Adam, that my first um, dynasty draft is done? Uh, No, you didn't. Well, my first dynasty draft is done. My next one will be, this is a six-rounder that we did. I was pretty happy with it. And then I'm going to have another one probably in June. Okay, yeah. I think people, it's different for every league for when they have them. Some people like to have it done right after the draft. Yeah, it was kind of cool to do it right after the draft. And this league is crazy. We're literally done. We started Monday at 9 a.m. We finished today at 2 o'clock. Six six rounds, 14 teams. That's pretty fast for a league. Yeah, I think when you have a lot of people who are really into it and are itching to make picks, uh, it can move pretty quickly. I mean, because my other league, there are a couple of guys, people you know in the industry, who literally I have to I have to email and say, hey, dude, you're up. Can you make a pick? 
Yeah, that happens from time to time. There's always a couple people who slow the draft down, and it kind of gets uh, a lot of people in the league irritated. Yeah, you know how, how much I like that, Adam. It's my favorite thing ever. I know what it is. Yeah. I know All you're right. very, very patient. <laughs> very patient. Ask my children. Okay, Giants are playing the Reds. Tyler Beatty against Sonny Gray. Cincinnati minus 160 and the over-under is 8. I really want to like Sonny Gray, but, but Adam, I'm just maybe I'm just throwing something out here. You know, the Giants are going to a better park. Maybe I should be looking at guys like Brandon Belt and stuff like that. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, Gray's been really good this year. He's had one bad outing. That was opening day. Um, but, yeah, anytime you get the Giants out of San Fran, I mean, Belt could easily – Belt hit another shot the other night. The deep right center where it's 421, triple off the wall. I mean, this guy, if he played in another park, would easily have 30 home runs. Um, it is warmer, so uh, I could see it. Uh, I, I believe in Sonny Gray, though, but I could see no one – I doubt the Giants are going to be stacked. I'm not going to stack them, but I think Just, I may do them as a one-off. Yeah, Belt would be the guy for me if right. I'm looking at anyone. Uh, right, if I do a 4-3-1, I might do Belt as my one. Yeah, because I could yeah. see him against the right-hander in, in that park uh, go yard. Okay, here's one that I'm going to surprise you with, Adam. Kansas City against Detroit. Jorge Lopez against Matthew Boyd. Detroit is minus 60. The over-under is 8. I know people are going to play Boyd. And this may be, I may not be so stupid enough as to stack against Paxton, but I might be able to go. I don't know if I would use the Royals here, or maybe I like Jorge Lopez as a sneaky second guy. I don't know whether Boyd wins this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably more so uh, not, not getting the offensive support. Uh, it is a divisional game where they have seen Boyd before. Now, Boyd is definitely a different pitcher than he has been in years past. And he's pitched well, even against some good competition. He pitched well against the Yankees. He pitched well against the Red Sox. So uh, I doubt many people will have many bats going against them. Uh, so it's a contrarian play for sure because Boyd has been lights out this year. All right, Toronto against Texas. Trent Thornton against Mike Miner. Miner's been very good, Adam. And lefties have done nothing against um, – I mean, the Blue Jays have done nothing against lefties for the most part this year. I could see me stacking Rangers and playing minor. Yeah, I think the Rangers certainly are stacked there at home. Uh, and the ball's been flying out of there. So you look at a lot of those lefty bats like Gallo, uh, Odor, who I think should be cheap. I haven't checked the price, but you know he just came back. And it's not like he's been – I think maybe he has one home run since he came back. Chu has actually been really good. I was looking at his numbers the other day because I don't own him. Uh, I was looking at a play in DFS the other day, and numbers were really good. So, yeah, I think you could look at some of the lefties for the Rangers, and Miner's coming off a, a tremendous game. The only concern you have about is the the, par, the weather in that park. Uh, but Miner has been great, and uh, it's good for Texas because uh, they want to move him, and uh, a lot of teams are interested in Miner. All right, Boston is playing the White Sox. Chris Sale against Ronaldo Lopez. So I'm going to say two things here. Boston's minus 195, over-unders eight. I don't trust Sale tonight against the White Sox, who are very good against lefties, A. And B, I don't think Ronaldo Lopez is really that good, and I think Boston could hit him tonight. Lopez is not that good. People are going to get enamored because of his 14-strikeout performance, but he's just so inconsistent. Uh, Red Sox did have a, a real tough loss yesterday, a walk-off home run to Delmonico. They were leading as it was blown by uh, Brazier. But, yeah.
think I have enough confidence in sale right now to go with him. Uh, and, you know, the price is not what it was. He's 9900 on both sides. But uh, I just don't have enough confidence in sale. Even though the matchup is good, uh, I don't think I could do it right now. All right. The Mets against the Brewers. Steven Matz against Brandon Woodruff. Uh, minus 140 for the, mil- uh, for the Brewers. Eight and a half runs. Here's my problem with this game. I kind of like both offenses a little bit, but I do like both pitchers a little bit because when they're pitching well, they're hard to hit, but when they're not, they're very hittable. What would you do with this game? I don't think I'd use either guy. I think with Matt, Matt's the key is always the first inning. If he gets out of the first inning unscathed, he's pretty good. Uh, you do, it's a tough park. Uh, obviously, it's better for lefties, but you know, you got some good right handed bats in this lineup. We'll see if Kristen Yelich returns. That's what they said is that he would be ready for this series. I guess we'll find out soon. And uh, I think, you know, Jesus Aguiar has been on fire. He's going to be in the lineup tonight, I would think, against the lefty. So I think he's a, a good play tonight again. But if Matz does well in the first inning, he might not see Aguiar till inning number two, Adam, and then maybe he won't go, get a hit. Nah, I'm not, I'm not. it doesn't mean Matz, if he gets through the first inning, he's going <laughs> to have a no-hitter. <laughs> I know, I'm teasing. All right, this is, this, now, this is a Coors Field night. The Arizona Diamondbacks are playing the Colorado Rockies in cores. Arizona is a very slight favorite at minus 115. Over-unders 11. Robbie Ray against Tyler Anderson. I can't imagine how you don't have a, a, a Diamondback stack tonight. Yeah, I mean, again, this will be a heavily owned game. Over-under of 11. So, yeah, Arizona Bats, you would think, and, but they're going to be expensive, man. You know, that's the only thing is are you going to be able to afford them? Uh, obviously, a lot of people are going to look. I don't know if they'll look at Colorado as much because people have this uh, uh, perception of Robbie Ray that he's good just because he gets a lot of strikeouts. But but you would play Story and Arenado, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, look, Ray, Ray has the ability to dominate and get strikeouts. The pro- I just don't see him going past five innings in this game. He's, he throws way too many pitches. So, yeah, Arenado's definitely – you know, Arenado, I think he has nine home runs. Eight have come on the road. They have not played a lot of home games yet, man. I mean, you're going to see this team. They've played 12 of their 32 games at home. Uh, you should be trading for Colorado Rockies today. I know it might be difficult to do, and it was probably two weeks ago when Arenado was struggling. He had a big week this past week. But, yeah, I mean, the Rockies are about to get some home cooking with the weather warm. So a lot of these Rockies are about to go off, man. This is a very hard game, though, people out there, because like Escobar is fifty five hundred. Yeah, the man. See, that's like Christian crazy. Walker fifty five hundred. I mean, I got to think Kettle Marte is going to be a, a, a lot of money too. I kind of like him. How much is Marte? He's probably over five. Fifty four hundred. Yeah. I mean, you're literally going to have. What is Nick Ahmed? He was forty eight. I just oh checked him. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah, well, maybe he's a little cheaper. Maybe he's a little cheaper. But you, but don't you like when they price it like that? Because you don't want everyone to take these guys. No, I do like it, but I mean, it's like it's really bad. It's really bo- Nick Ahmed. I, oh yeah, forty three hundred. I mean, that's probably a deal. Forty three hundred is probably a deal. But you've got to go through these lineups and just find. I mean, I was looking at Wilmer Flores. How much do you think Flores would be, Ronas? Four. Let me check that one. Four forty one hundred. I mean, it is against the lefty. Forty four hundred. So I, you can do like a Flores, Ahmed. I may do something like that where I'm just taking like obscure guys trying to save money because Christian Walker is going to cost me another eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, that's it's just tough. I mean, look, he's in a great spot against the lefty and Coors, and he's got big time power. But you got to think 
he's going to be pretty highly owned too. You know, people will do whatever they can to get in these uh, course bats. As well they should. Adam Jones, 4,900. That one makes some sense to me. I, I'm, I have to see also, I think it really comes down, and we've talked about this before, who are the pitchers? Because on a course night, you've got to go to the pitchers and see what's, what's happening. Because if you can't find guys you like, so if I'm looking at the cheap guys... Musgrove's only 72 on DK? Yeah, he'd have to be one, right? Yeah. And maybe, I know you're going to think I'm, on, I'm insane. I, I guess Eikhoff? Eikhoff Musgrove? I am actually okay with that. Yeah, I think so. Because Jorge Lopez is a little too scary, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you 74 and 72, yeah. B- th- Bieber would be 8,000. Uh, I don't like Bieber, though, dude. Not against, against the Mariners who hit well. They do have quite a few right-handed bats, though. Domingo, Hanniger. He's worse against lefties. And Bieber's had at least 21 DK points in four of his last five. Even against Houston, he pitched well. He had 21.3 against Houston. I, I he know. faced Seattle already in Seattle, and he had 21.3. I know. He was very good. I mean, he, Vogelbach and Norvez are the ones you have to watch out for tonight. Right. But, I mean, you could do a Bieber. How about a Bieber-Eikhoff? Yeah, you can do that. Um yeah, I mean, there actually are a couple decent arms that you can get for a good price. I don't know, though. When you put this team together, you're gonna, it's going to be – because if you go on DK, I don't know if you played on DK recently, the cheap guys, you can't find anybody. No, you can't find really anybody difficult. under 3000 It's really difficult, man. They, they, the pricing has been uh, – has really picked up. Uh, I think earlier in the year it was a little soft, but, man, uh, it, it's, it's really difficult to find cheap bats. I can find cheap bats on FanDuel all the time. Oh, all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. There's always a guy for 2200 I'm like, really? He's 2200 Put him in. But in DK, I mean, anything under 3600 or 3800 is. I think Senzel's going to be owned by a lot of people, Adam. Oh, yeah. He'll be popular. People are 3800 3800 Yeah. That's cheap. And he's sitting second. Uh, we usually... We usually see the rookies come up and do well. Um, we didn't see Vlad in his first game. I think he was one for four with a double. We did get robbed of a hit by Pinder. But, yeah, it's really hard to find these uh, cheap bats. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Will Myers is 3,700, but he's going against Kershaw. Framo Reyes is 3,700, but he's going against Kershaw. And Kershaw's look good. I know, and that's the problem. So we didn't get to that game. Dodgers are playing the Padres uh, in San Diego. Dodgers are minus 160. Uh, It's a a 7.5 run total. Uh, Kershaw against Eric Lauer. I mean, Kershaw has looked good, but you're going to get Padres on the cheap. But I always say this, Adam. Let's just say Kershaw sucks tonight. What is he letting up? Four runs? You're not winning any game with four runs. Yeah, I think Reyes would be someone I would consider. At 3,700, you know, going against the lefty, he's been showing good power lately. So that could be one bat. But what is, do, do we know what Nick Williams' price is in? I'm assuming he's going to be in the lineup. Let me check on Nick Williams because I think that could be a guy that – uh, has some nice value. 3800 3, Yeah, there you go. That's a $3,800 bat I think you can get in if he's in the lineup. you got to make sure he's in the lineup. Yeah, no, that's, that makes sense. And don't you think you can get, like we talked about before, you can get a better deal on a Bryce Harper now? You should. I mean, he's, he's been, been so he's been ice cold. So uh, I think this is a spot where he can't 40, 4600 Yeah, I mean, look how many outfielders are more money than him. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think. This you is can a get spot. a good. This is a good spot for him. Yeah, this is a spot where I would play Harper. He's uh, been quiet lately, and uh, I think this could be a spot where he homers tonight. Right. So if I go Harper, Nick Williams, maybe Mikel Franco. 
Yeah. Franco's been pretty good. You hope that he's moved up in the order. He hit eighth the other day after he was hitting fifth for a little while. I mean, you see Yandy Diaz is 4,800 on DraftKings. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the, some of the prices you look at, you're like, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I always do a Coors lineup, and then I'm, I'm literally, I, I'm telling you that my pitchers for a Coors lineup is going to be like uh, Brett Anderson and uh, Jorge Lopez. Can't that, stomach that. Yeah, that could be a negative night uh, for those guys. Yeah, that could be a negative night. All right, on FanDuel, let's see what's going on here, Adam. Did you see, um, let me see, um, the number one pitcher of the night is Kershaw's at 11-3. Glass now is number two at 10-5. Boyd at 10-4. Paxson at 10-3. You can get Sale at 9,900. Bieber at 9,400. Ikov at 8,600. Sonny Gray at 8,000. Good deal. I think Sunday grade eight thousand is pretty good. Yeah, I cost pretty good too. Yeah, I cost at eighty six, Musgrove at eighty seven, and Bieber at ninety four. I mean, you're saving two thousand dollars on Bieber. Would you rather have I cost at eighty six, Musgrove at eighty seven, or Bieber at ninety four? Uh, Musgrove. Really? Yeah. Against Oakland? Mm-hmm. They've been. They have not been hitting well lately. Chris Davis is cold. Um, what about yeah. Gossman? Gossman's eighty one hundred. I know, man. It's a great spot against Miami. I, he has not been good lately, but you got to think this is a lineup he could dominate. They're kind of they're baiting you in to take him, too. They really are. Right. That's I, I don't ever do that. Don't fall for it, Adam. Don't fall for it. Tell yeah, me. I don't think you have to on FanDuel tonight. You know, with one pitcher, I think there's a couple guys that you can spend up on for uh, that are a little bit better. And you've also mentioned that it's easier to find the cheaper bats on FanDuel where yeah. – you don't have to go drastically cheap as your pitcher. You can find a way to get it done. I don't know what their pricing is for cores, um, but it can't be as bad as DK. Well, let's see. It's a good question. Eduardo Escobar is 4,700. That's pretty high. But look at this one here, and I'm not telling you to play him. Jung Ho Gong, 2,300, hitting fourth against Brett Anderson. Come on, you know the guy rakes lefties. I don't mind using him as a one-off for 2,300. So, I mean, there's always value on FanDuel. There's rarely value on DraftKings. Yeah, if, uh, if only... Gong can make more consistent contact, man. That guy is striking out a ton, man. I drafted him in one league. He's been on my bench for a few weeks, and he's about to get cut. Well, Nick Ahmed is 3,500. There you go. You know? That's pretty good, right? Yeah, absolutely. You get that bat and cores there? I might take up. And people don't like to play guys who are hitting lower in the order, but if it's a cores game and it lives up to the expectation, he could. He, there's a shot he gets five at-bats in this game. Right. That's That's very true. Look at first base. You can get Jesus Aguiar for 2900 Brandon Belt, 2800 Oh, my God, that's a steal. See, there you go. Those First base is not as deep as it has been in years past, and those are two guys right off the bat that I think you can go with. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right, what's going to happen in the NBA playoffs tonight, Adam? Uh, I think Boston wins tonight, and in the other game, I like Portland to win tonight. So I'm taking with the— Cantor's injury, I don't know. That was a very physical game the other night. It was. Endeavor came back, and they had an opportunity. But Jamal Murray's thigh is something to keep an eye on. Uh, he had to miss a little bit at the end of the game. And, uh, you know, Portland, I think, going home, it should help them. Denver, to me, has more depth. Uh, Harkless could be out, too. But I think Portland being at home uh, gives them a slight edge tonight. All right. Any good plans this weekend? Cinco de Mayo doing something fun? Yeah, I'll probably uh, go out and uh, eat some food. Uh, i got softball as well and uh, be watching some baseball and NBA playoffs. 
All right. Well, I hope you have a good weekend, Adam. You too, man. All right, guys. This is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Who's coming up in hour number two, Adam? Rudy Gamble from Razzball, 3.20 p.m. Ah, I love Rudy. Keep it right here. We're back right after this.